Hey, everybody. Welcome to Detox Podcast. I'm Denise Walker, and I am your host. This episode is one of my favorite poems, and I'm so excited. It was kind of a surprise. I thought that the next poem was Pain is a Gift, and so I'd been (laughs) rehearsing stuff to say and and researching pain as a gift and just uh, ramping up to to do an episode on that poem. That's next week's poem. (laughs) I flipped open my book and I was like, oh my god, this poem is Bloody Mary Midnight. And I was so excited because this is, I think this is my favorite poem in in Pick Your Poison volume one. It totally is. Um, Yeah, so before we get into that, I have nailed down a venue for Pick Your Poison volume two, the book launch. It's at Yanni's Taverna, which is a Greek restaurant on White Avenue, and it's free to come to my event. No uh, monetary obligation whatsoever, uh, but you can come and you can buy food if you want. You can order food. Uh, they have such delicious food there. Uh, I'm going to have fun on alcoholic drinks for purchase as well, and I'm going to have a door prize. So please uh, purchase free tickets uh, on Eventbrite. You can search uh, Book Launch, Pick Your Poison Volume 2, Denise Walker, uh, or it's on Facebook. I'll post it on Instagram too, uh, so you can you can get tickets. Uh, but I'm so excited. It's in their basement Caspar, and I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's so beautiful. It's such a good space. I can't believe it was available. So I hope to see you there. Um, I should have some details on pre-orders for Pick Your Poison Volume 2 for Amazon, uh, paperba- paperback and Kindle probably. Um, yeah. Without further ado, Bloody Mary Midnight. Bloody Mary Midnight. Out of visceral habit, my ice tray is always full. I'd rather be caught dead than without something cold and bloody in my hand. Yet now dead is how I feel. Caught dead, anyway. You're asleep, alone in our bed, while my head's in the freezer. The ice cubes crash against the glass, loud and guilty, like a punch to my gut. The red-handed string tightening around my finger. Does it wake you? It's like sorrow in July. A sentinel of darkness, guarding the slippery slope to a never-forgotten winter. I'm a virgin now, you could say. I drink holy water and bathe in sacred candlelight. Oils anoint my palms and feet. I'm clean. I swear I'm clean. Yet I'll confess. Out of goddamn biblical habit, I'll confess. Oh, I love this one. I'm really proud of it. It's all about this really weird guilt that lingered into sobriety that shouldn't be there, but it did. So when I was in our first apartment, me and my boyfriend, we lived in the same building we do now, but just in this tiny one bedroom, it was like, I don't know, like 600 square feet or something. It was small. And he'd be asleep in our bed. And I would, of course, stay up too late every single night getting drunk. And I would sneak into the freezer and I would open that freezer door ever so quietly and I would reach in for the ice cube tray and I would crack the ice cubes as quietly as I could and I would like 
like playing operation, place ice cubes into a glass and do it so quietly as just praying that he couldn't hear it and that it wasn't waking him up. And he didn't know that I was pouring myself another drink. But of course, of course he probably did, right? So I found it incredibly weird. I mean, it makes sense, but I found it to be just <laughs> so intense. That same guilty feeling of, of secretly trying to put this quiet drink together. Every time after I stopped drinking, I would go to the fridge and I would open the freezer. And every time that I would crack ice cubes, it would be like this gut punch. I would be filled with dread. Like, oh my God, I hope nobody can hear me putting ice cubes in my glass. Well, who the fuck cares if I'm putting ice cubes in my glass? I'm drinking sparkling water. It doesn't matter if it's 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. I'm not doing anything wrong. But it felt like I was. It was that emotion, that feeling. It was so raw and so tied to that. It was like a sentinel of darkness. It was like this presence that was there. Like sorrow in July. Have you ever been depressed in the summertime? It's weird, right? It's so beautiful and sunny and everybody's having a great time. Everybody longs for summer in the other months. And when it's there, we enjoy it so much and it's fleeting and beautiful. And we could just do so much and just really enjoy life to the fullest. But there's that shadow that, you know, we're never forgetting winter. It always comes back. There, it always comes back. And that's what that fear was. It was, this is the same, I'm going through the same motions. The beverage is different, but I'm doing the same actions. And it's so closely tied as like a reminder. This, this fear that I would be caught. That he would wake and he would catch me red-handed, making myself a Caesar, because that was one of my drinks of choice. And I was making, like, they were like quad gin Caesars in a lowball glass. Actually, I would, I would make them in these, like, like, stemless wine glasses. And they held so much but it didn't really feel like so much because it was just a, like a, a short glass, right? But there was like four ounces of gin in each one. They were like half and halves, you know, by the end I was drinking so much. <laughs> but so that's, that's where the Bloody Mary comes from. Um, I thought Bloody Mary Midnight sounded better and more ominous and, like, dark and disturbing than Caesar Midnight. <laughs> but I guess Caesar did, uh, didn't meet a bloody end there. So, I mean, that wasn't a, that wasn't a clean job either. <laughs> but still, um, that's where that comes from. And so I thought I was going to get caught in the act, um, doing this horrible, horrible guilty thing. This thing I knew was wrong. 
And so as that finger, finger, (laughs) feeling lingers, it just, it feels like this string. You know how people tie strings around their finger as a reminder? I mean, I don't think actually people do that. I feel like that's an old, like, I don't know. I've never seen anybody do it, but I just remember hearing about it in school or something that, I don't know, people would tie strings on their finger as a reminder to remember them to do stuff. We just wrote all over our hands. So I don't know. Was this before pens existed? I don't know. But so it's like this red string, this bloody string, always there reminding me as I can watch my hand grab the ice and put the ice in the glass and I can see it and it's wrong. But I'm clean, you know? I've been doing so much. I've been stripping away my demons and I've been finding God and not in a traditional sense, but I started seeing the bigger picture and recognizing, learning, learning that God is not a man in the sky. Learning that the God is just the universe, the energy all around us. And the weight of this, it felt biblical. Addiction feels biblical. The struggle with it is so crazy. And there's so much weight to it. That that's, I don't know, it's like apocalyptic. Life will never be what it was before when you go through addiction. And the brain just picks up these things when we have such dark, negative emotions like guilt, guilt and shame and fear. They latch onto these actions that we take and we do. And it just sounded like somebody dropped a thousand pins in the apartment above me. I don't know what that was about. I don't know if you heard that. Sorry. (laughs) That was weird. But it just bleeds. It keeps bleeding into our everyday life until we just keep going through the same motions that we did before, but in our new healthy way. And don't don't worry if you have these lingering guilty things, because now it doesn't happen to me anymore. I'm almost two years sober. I know that sounds like a long time to have to wait for uh, the guilt of putting ice in a glass to fade, but it's worth it. And I would say it probably around the year, a year, a year to a year and a half. Sometimes I still get little weird reminders just because like the act, it's like muscle memory, right? You just, it all the whole scenario, the whole situation is like identical to what it was before and how, and how many times I did that. I did that every night over and over and over and over and over again. Of course it's associated with that. The memory remi- remembers that. The mind remembers that. It's not just going to go away overnight. And I felt like, I felt like I needed to confess. Like I needed to be like, I, you know what? I'm, I'm putting ice in a glass, okay? Everybody, like here's a social media blast. Here's a video of me doing it. Facebook Live, whatever. Here, hey boyfriend, just letting you know I'm putting ice in a glass. But I'm clean. I swear I'm clean. I'm not. I'm not doing anything wrong. I promise. 
oh, bizarre, very bizarre um, thing to get hooked on here. Um, emotionally hooked, rather. Yeah. And so I just related it to a bunch of stuff here. Like, I'm a virgin now. Essentially reborn in a way, you know? Like, I'm back to doing... It's the play on virgin drinks, you know? Virgin biblical, virgin drinks. And being alcohol-free. Calling myself a virgin because I'm alcohol-free. And I drink... Holy water. And I bathe in sacred candlelight. Oils anoint my palms and feet. In the beginning, essential oils, like, sounds so cliche and so, like, overdone and in your face. I get it. But in the beginning, they were a saving grace. There's something about certain scents and uh, certain essential oils that can tap into like the limbic system and I don't know I'm not an aromatherapist but I was just a I don't know a few months sober when one of my coworkers was doing case studies because he was becoming an, ar an aromatherapist and his company is called every abundance essential every abundance essential oils and I signed up to be a case study for him and I really wanted something that was going to manage my emotions because back then they were just like haywire roller coaster and also something for sleep because insomnia, you know, in withdrawal, it's just ridiculous. So he, he made me this blend for, it was called Lighten Up and it was, um, it was to uplift my spirits, uplift my mood, but also be balancing and calming at the same time. And holy crap, this stuff smells so good. And I had this um, mala bracelet made by Sagestone Malas. And it was a wrap bracelet around my wrist. It was the first one I ever bought from her. And it had volcanic beads in it. And I would put this stuff in like every single day. And whenever I had a moment where I felt I was getting out of control, I would just, you know, bend my nose to my wrist and I would smell it. And it would instantly bring me back to center. And who knows? I don't know if that's placebo or what, but it fucking worked, okay? And to this day... After a, a while, I start. I stopped doing that all the time. But to this day, I could take that scent, and when I would smell it, this calmness would just wash over me. It would take me back to those moments of being so centered. It has this amazing power to just bring me back. Scent is so powerful, right? We have such um, scent-related memories. I think it's because it helped me in such a intense time when my brain was rewiring itself that that scent was so present that of course it's going to bring me right back there exactly like the ice cube tray just another attached memory and yeah it just it 
it really touches on in the poem here about how I would bathe and I would use candles. I would meditate and do self-care with baths and um, just do a lot of like centering and calming and stripping away the negativity around me and and going inward and relying on my inner self and my higher self to to guide the way. And so to have this guilt, it was just overwhelmingly conflicting. There was, it didn't make sense that I was still feeling this way. I was doing so much work to strip my demons out of my body. So why? Why this knife to the chest? Every time I open the goddamn freezer. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Maybe I need to apologize for waking my boyfriend up with ice cubes. Maybe I need to get closure. Maybe I need to ask him, did did it wake you? Actually ask him instead of just a line in a poem, you know? There's always something there. Whenever we're inundated with these crazy things, these crazy emotions that just come out of nowhere and they just keep happening over and over during the same thing and it doesn't make much sense, there's something there. There's something to be explored. I know that. Bloody Murray Midnight. Yeah. Well, let's... uh... (laughs) Let's raise our glasses of non-guilty ice cubes at, what time is it? (laughs) It is 9.41 p.m. on a Sunday night. And I am not pouring myself an alcoholic beverage at midnight. And actually, I would love to tell you that I've never been drunk in the apartment that I live in now. And that is the coolest thing. Like, my house doesn't have any drunk memories. I'm not triggered by my environment just because I used to do things here that I don't anymore. This was a clean slate. And I feel like if you have the opportunity, um, cherish that. If you move, or when you move, into a place that you've never drank in before, holy shit. Holy biblical shit. (laughs) It is so cool. It's so powerful. And I love that. I love that about our apartment. There's so much to love already, but that's just the icing and the cherry and the sprinkles and the chocolate shavings on top. So... Here's to non-guilty ice cube glasses at 21.41 p.m. Bloody Mary Midnight. Out of visceral habit, my ice tray is always full. I'd rather be caught dead. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to stop and just rewind because actually, I miss talking about that line. And I think that's really um, important to me is that out of visceral habit, my ice tray is always full. 
I get like anxiety if my ice tray is not full. Because how am I supposed to make a drink? How am I supposed to make a drink if there's no ice cubes in the ice tray and then you have to wait a fucking hour for the ice to freeze? And I would go in there while I was drinking, you know, while I was I was drinking and I and I would wait the bare minimum. I have like those little ice shavings that are like forming on the top and like scrape them all off and pour them into a cup and like deal with my like lukewarm drink because I couldn't fucking wait. And so even now, like, I still get anxiety that my ice cube tray is not full. But, like, fuck if I can't wait an hour to drink water, you know? Like, I'm not there anymore, you know? It's almost like being um, just, like, re-traumatized with that fear, that fear that you're not getting, getting the fix. And that's part of it. And like for so long I wanted a fridge that made ice. <laughs> so I never had to not, never had to do that. And now I feel like um, it would be this weird, ironic gift to myself to have a fridge that makes ice. Because I don't need it anymore. It's just nice. Bloody Mary Midnight. Out of visceral habit, my ice tray is always full. I'd rather be caught dead than without something cold and bloody in my hand. Yet now, dead is how I feel. Caught dead, anyway. You're asleep, alone in our bed, while my head's in the freezer. The ice cubes crash against my glass, loud and guilty, like a punch to my gut. The red-handed string tightening around my finger. Does it wake you? It's like sorrow in July, a sentinel of darkness, guarding the slippery slope to a never-forgotten winter. I'm a virgin now, you could say. I drink holy water and bathe in sacred candlelight. Oils anoint my palms and my feet. I'm clean. I swear I'm clean. Yet I'll confess. Out of goddamn biblical habit, I'll confess. Welcome to March, my friends. I hope you're having an incredible uh, first couple months of 2019. And I just hope you have a really great week. I will see you next time. Next week, we'll be actually do touch on the poem, Pain is a Gift. It's a good one. Okay. Thanks for listening.